How can we grow thriving creative businesses without constantly hustling, sacrificing our mind, body, and creativity, or living a life where the fear of where the next client or customer will come from keeps us up at night or disconnected from our family, friends, and passions? This show is going to answer those questions. My name is Naftali Roberts, and I specialize in helping true creatives like yourself grow simple, strategic, and thriving creative businesses. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's jump on in. I am so excited to have you joining us here today on the Thriving Creative Podcast. I... I'm so excited to dive into the interview today because our guest today has walked through a life experience that many of you have experienced as you've built your creative businesses. And if you haven't yet, maybe you're just in the idea phase, maybe you're just at the beginning. And so the feelings that we discuss in this interview, maybe they feel really far off. But listen in, no matter where you are, because in this interview, we talk about a lot of things. We talk about listening to what we need from our business. We talk about how to not continuing to say yes when there are opportunities, when they don't align anymore. We say a lot of things and we talk about the hard things, which is what happens When your thriving business or parts of it don't fit you anymore, they don't fit your life, what then? So today we get the awesome opportunity to talk with Amber Fife, who is a photographer and a membership site host. And she has walked this journey from anxiety to peace and confidence and the paths she had to take really involved doing that hard internal work that I know you and I have talked about before. And that's the work of looking at where are you spending your time and does it fit anymore? Is making money the only measure by which you are looking at your business? Even if that making money is causing you physical pain, emotional pain, and impacting those important relationships. So sit back, grab some tea, but really make a point to listen in as we ask some of those hard questions today of what to do when you're feeling anxious and overwhelmed in your business and you're not sure what's next. Hey, I am so glad to have you joining us here today. Could you tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? My name is Amber Fife, and I've been a photographer since 2006, uh, officially. And I'm a mom of four kids, just started homeschooling a few years ago and uh, wife of a professor and we live in on four acres of woods in south jersey currently and i recently added a second business into that um, helping teach women art online with uh, my website womencreateweekly.com that's awesome and that 
must keep you very busy. (laughs) Yes, for sure. How, because the thought just went through my head, how do you keep yourself moving in all of those areas? How do you keep yourself in a space where you're not getting overwhelmed or not getting burned out when you're kind of holding a lot in your hands? (laughs) I think it would be easier if I was a more structured personality, having this time to this time and this day for this day, but I'm a little bit more of a free spirit when it Mm -hmm. comes to time scheduling. (laughs) I did buy a, a planner to map out half hour by half hour, just the night before I'll plan out the next day. But I typically try to get homeschooling done in the morning. And it's not like if you have a a balance beam or not a balance beam, like a balance, trying to balance both sides Mm -hmm. kind of balance. It's more like going skiing that each time you kind of come down the hill and there's little bumps and little, what's the word, inclines that Mm -hmm. you have to keep adjusting your skis and your, your weight on the different. So that's kind of a good visual for what I, what I do. And it's, um, it's exciting and fun. It can be discouraging when you're not making as much traction in all the areas at once, but yeah, I try to get enough structure to work within and enough fluidity to give to, so I don't feel, um, obligation and, Mm -hmm. uh, anxiety. I love what you just said there because that is something that for a lot of the true creatives that listen to the show, they aren't necessarily the traditional schedulers. They aren't. They hear these things like time blocking or like lay out your calendar this certain way. And I know for many of us, we've had time and time again that feeling like we get to the end of the day and we're like, oh, I didn't use my time block or I didn't like everyone else is so good at checking off their checklist. Like, but this other idea happened or I got inspired over here or I recognized that this happened and how do I hold all of those? And I love a couple of things you said and just one, having enough structure and I think having the grace to give yourself enough structure, um, but not feeling locked in a block, a box being the term I'm trying to use. Two more things come to my mind. One yeah. is as you're planning out the day and then all the, you know, you get to the end of the day and the day is gone. You're like, mm-hmm. what happened? Mm-hmm. And you're like, what did I do? Um, and so one thing that I've started doing is in the evening before I plan the next day, I have to fill in the calendar of what I actually did. So, so if I sat and watched Netflix for an hour and a half after a struggling time or whatever, I write it down. And so I'm guessing, I mean, I just started it with my new planner this year, this month. So I'm, I'm guessing accountability is the idea behind Mm -hmm. that at the end of the month to see what, how did I really use my time? I love that idea. I love it. Love it. And I'm going to definitely refer people to this episode when I'm recording an episode here in the next couple of weeks where we're going to talk about like, yeah, how to like know what you did each day. And I had not thought of that particular idea. So I love that. How do you end up feeling when you do that? I know that for some creatives, maybe their sensation would be like, oh, if I start doing that, I might not like what I see. <laughs> how does that make you feel? And how do you kind of Make sure that that propels you towards a better day or a more fulfilling day the next day if you feel bad, as opposed to like stalling you out. That's a good question. It it kind of also goes along the same lines of um, watching what you eat and Mm. beating yourself up for eating something bad and you shouldn't have. If you're, it happened, so you can't really change that it happened. And it's just about being honest with yourself about what you did. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's, it's regret. Sometimes it's guilt. 
Um, but sometimes it's like, you know, the day was actually pretty awesome. There's this one thing that's, that kind of colored it for me, but everything else today was great. And so sometimes you can really turn your mood around when you actually mm -hmm. take the time to recognize what you are doing good. And a lot of journals have a gratitude little field in to fill in. And I, it's funny that I had one in my last planner that I just wouldn't fill out. And mm -hmm. this one I've started just to write one little tiny gratitude. And I'm like, hmm, I do feel a little better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and I'm a lover of the science for anyone that listens, they know that. And so there's so much like neurological power to doing gratitude. It actually refocuses our brain. Our brain is not naturally set up to notice the positive things that happen. And so I love the idea of using the calendar as a mindfulness activity. Not only I think it could be easy to define it as a productivity hack, but really it's this, how do I be present with my day? How do I truly notice it? How do I practice gratitude for what was done and also use it as a way to realign myself? I know that for many of us, we can get stuck in that place of like hustle and burnout. And so this idea of taking a calendar and committing to at the end of each day, just filling it in, like mm -hmm. there's not a huge time commitment there as a way to check yourself against your priorities and against the things that are important to you um, so that you don't get a week, a month, a year down the line and go, wow, I'm way out of alignment. Like I'm not putting anything in this calendar that is my actual priorities. I'm very busy, but I'm not filling in my priorities. And so yeah. I love, love, love that idea. And I really hope that those of you listening are finding value in that um, and can think about ways that you can use that too. The benefit of that too is that when you do sit down to watch the Netflix, mm -hmm. you are intentional and you can sit and enjoy that. You can enjoy the piece of cake. You can enjoy that and not be mm -hmm. saying, oh, I really should get to this, but I'm just going to avoid it for mm -hmm. now. It's an intentional choice. The yeah. second hack that I just remembered was making a whole weekly plan. So to making a hour by hour or half hour by half hour, one just generic week mm -hmm. and filling on all your regular commitments. Because mm. it wasn't until I did that, because I'm, I'm a free spirit. I kind of, yeah. I'm a homeschooler. I can, we can go to the post office. We can go to this. Yeah. Let's do this. But um, once I wrote out that schedule and what mm -hmm. really, how much time things take, I realized yeah. I don't have much time in the day at all. Yeah. And it was a big motivator to me to recognize being, taking my time as precious Mm -hmm. And um, instead of just, I'll get to it and, oh, I have to do this, but maybe I'll, it just helped me be more serious about how little time we have mm -hmm. to be flexible when we have all of the things that commitments all in the same picture. Yeah, I think it can be easy when you are a freelancer or you are a small business owner um, and possibly you work out at your home. Maybe you go to the office for a few hours a week, but your schedule is different than the traditional nine to five. I think we can get really tricked by the belief of our schedule. And we can, like you said, think that we have so much flexibility and free time. And what ends up happening is that we actually don't use the flexibility and free time that we have because we end up by the time that comes around, we're in catch-up mode. One of my 
like my main intention for 2020 has been to simplify. And that's across the board. It's in my mindset. I'm a big thinker. I'm a dreamer. And so it's like, how do I like simplify that into a way that's actually super powerful, but also just simplify things in the family life. And one of the things that, you know, it's January when we're recording right now, I'm not sure exactly when this is airing, but one of the things we're simplifying is just how we talk to our kids about their family jobs and realizing that there's a power in how we were showing up with that and that we were making all sorts of assumptions about what they would and wouldn't do or what they would and wouldn't want to do. And we never had talked to them. No, they're little, but it's been funny to notice, like, I assumed they couldn't do a lot of things. They had, you know, like pick up your room, that type of chore. But I assumed there were a lot of other things that they were not capable of, which was overcomplicating things and was causing me to constantly feel behind and overworked. So even just in the shift of like, what if I just talked to my kids about this? And we did. And they were like, oh, yeah, we can do a lot of those things, mom. Like, And so we've like shifted. And it's not a bigger system. Like we haven't made this massive chore chart where everyone's wheel changes. And I'm not that mom. I, that would require me to be crafty. And you all know I love you creative <laughs> artistic people, but I'm not crafty. And I'm cool with that. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. But it's been this beautiful shift. And so this idea of like, I firmly believe that I thought I had more free time than I did. So I just allowed me not to have the hard conversation with the kids, which made it so I was more stressed out. So I love it. I love it. I love so many of these hacks. Okay. So you are an amazing photographer and you have this other business that um, you teach people to do art online. Talk to me about that and how you decided to move from one business to expanding into two. I supported my husband through grad school and um, to get his PhD with Mm -hmm. photography. And um, it was always from a fear of missing out. It was always from a place of lack. Mm. And so there was competition. As, and if I saw somebody's posting, are they posting more often than me? If I saw a, somebody share a blog, oh, how often are they blogging? And what are their prices? And I would have to go see. And then I have to rank myself compared to mm. what their bookings were. And if, you know, it's, yeah. it was just lots of unhealthy patterns that I didn't mm-hmm. know how to function any differently. I just, I knew I had to try to be successful and, uh, you know, lots of education from webinars and seminars and Mm. um, in-person things and, and trying to be better and get a better pricing structure was always not enough. Everything Mm. was just not enough. And I know, I know, I knew what that felt like. And, And throughout that experience, I wanted to do something with my hands. They kind of like almost itched, itched to do something. Like I just wanted to do something beautiful, little, and just, insignificant yeah. but so satisfying mm-hmm. and so I wished for time to to do art and a couple times I would try but after spending years being a photographer to try something I was not good at was really hard mm. that not not as good at yeah. I mean I, I got an art degree but I don't have like a niche a, a style a noticeable mm. 
identifiable look to my yeah. art. Mm-hmm. It was it was in its embryo stage because I hadn't done anything with it for a decade. And so as we moved to the business, I knew I'd, I'd done that before when we moved here to New Jersey. I knew uh, it would take time to develop clients again. And I said, what if I just take a break from photography mm-hmm. for the first time in 10 years? I'd tried before, but when people are want throwing money at you and just, oh, please, can you just fit my newborn in? It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so it, you know, it was by forced location moving that mm-hmm. I gave my first break. And at first- Was that was, scary for you? At first, it was like I was on vacation. It felt amazing. After, so that was like August, we moved. And after a few months of homeschooling and figuring things out, and January, February, I was like, who am I? And mm-hmm. what, is, what is my identity? Because I'd always said, I'm a photographer and a mom. It was always mm-hmm. the first thing I described myself. And so that March, I started, I was like, I'm going to start doing creative, creative stuff, artistic stuff. And I just started a habit of creativity. Through that and some personal development experiences, started changing my inner voice to being more positive and relinquishing some of that anxiety. In the course of these few years, um, I was on medication for a little bit to try to help mm-hmm. my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Ended up accidentally weaning myself off of it. And my biggest symptom, the tightness in my stomach, it that didn't come back. And mm-hmm. so I, it's, it's amazing how having creative, I want to say creative outlet, but a creative practice. I loved the word you said before, which is habit of creativity. I, I actually was like, oh, tell me about that. Like, I, <laughs> I, I think a lot of true creatives, especially those of us that make money from being creative or actually give that up. I have a daughter who's three, but I have no doubt will be paid someday for something creative she does. That is just at the core of her. She is her dad's daughter in so many ways. She's my only child that is constantly like making us art on their walls and is so pleased by her actions <laughs> and or just I mean, she said she has paint in her heart. So <laughs> I have no doubt that that will happen. But she has this joy that comes from creativity that I actually see a lot of creatives that are made to be that are paid to be creative lose. And so <laughs> it sounds like you had that a little bit um, mm-hmm. and yet your body was telling you, I need this other thing. And so then as you started to do this, you noticed all these other shifts like in your body, in your mind. And I, I love that you had to practice that true creativity again in order to shift all the other. Yeah. Things. And there's creativity that comes with, with the foot, um, being a photographer and um, the problem solving and that. And I was an art and a math major, so I felt photography was the marriage of the two, and that was going to be my life's calling. And it turns out that um, it's an awesome, wonderful experience, and I am glad that I still do it, but it isn't um, the core. Whereas I love, as I've discovered, the biggest lesson I've learned is that it's um, not a product that's important. It's the process. Mm-hmm. So it's the process that you go through that is what changes you. It's what shapes you and it's what shapes the experience, mm-hmm. not just what is, because I'm, I'm a recovering perfectionist. And mm-hmm. so, so often we only want to do something if it's going to turn out good in the end. And that's not how creativity works. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So tell me now what you're doing. 
tell me about the second business and how you now interact with maybe other people that are feeling similar things to what you were feeling yeah. a while ago. So I started a blog in January of 2018. And in November of 2018, I launched a, a beta membership to teach women art online. And uh, we just finished up the first full year of that. And it's been a wonderful, exciting journey, um, which is every month we have a project that mm -hmm. we work on together. And then each week it's live instruction um, feedback and questions and just keep building that community and um, just that synergy of people wanting to learn new things and be mm -hmm. together and give that space for creativity. That's awesome. So what sorts of people do you have joining your membership? Like what is kind of the makeup of the group of people that hang out in that community? Um, it's a variety actually we have a teenager who's um, heard her mom heard about what we we're doing and she thought she'd um, enjoy learning some of those projects mm -hmm. um, so she watches the replays since she's in school during our class yeah um but a lot of the women are ones whose kids are are grown a little so they're in public school have a little bit of time some mm -hmm. of them are working moms we have some old empty nesters that mm -hmm now have enjoyed having another focus to put them, you know, get back to their roots of that mm -hmm. self-care and self-discovery. Yeah. So as you built this and you were like, okay, you saw the value in it and you knew that other people could value from it. Um, what was the process, especially as you learned like, okay, it's not about perfection. And I know that that's a constant journey, mm -hmm. right, for any of us that are perfectionists. But how did you or did you structure maybe this business experience a little differently so that you kind of built in not letting fear drive it, not letting comparison drive it? What are some shifts maybe you noticed as you created this other space in a different mindset? I think at first it was helpful to build it for the sake of building it for the sake of helping people. Mm -hmm. And I knew it want, I wanted it to be a business venture eventually, mm -hmm. but I didn't, I didn't need to, f to force it to produce financial benefit at first. Yeah. And so it gave me time to really explore and give me freedom. Elizabeth Gilbert in the big magic talks about don't, I, don't, I haven't read it for like two years, but the idea that you don't force your art, don't squeeze your artist's soul to make it pay money. I'm yeah. butchering it. I'm butchering it. We'll, we'll find the quote and put it in the show notes <laughs> because I definitely have read that quote before and love it. Um, so, yeah. But the idea that I still have my photography and mm -hmm. letting let that on the side give me the f financial flexibility to start you know, using the paid tools and things to build up this business without forcing it to, to make money. Yeah. So that I think was helpful to not demand. I think that's kind of the word she used not to demand um, it to succeed, um, mm -hmm. but to kind of let it grow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So having that space and that time, I know that that is something that we see a lot in our community. Um, and it, it comes out of actual need, but um, there is often a time that creatives and artists, they need their 
business to make money before their business is ready to make money. And for most startups, whether you're creative or not, it takes some time to do that. And unfortunately, yeah, we see a lot of pattern of like squeezing that creativity out in order to make it profitable. And y'all know I love profit and it is part of being a thriving creative. But if you can't hold that mission, um, which is what I heard, like you were allowed to build this business and know the the mission and the vision of it, and that from that you could create profit when it was ready, you were able to like, yeah, grow that embryo and like build, 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 as opposed to like being driven by fear and comparison. Another thing to think about um, that just came to mind is think about what lights you up. Mm-hmm. And so like with photography, I, I was serving and serving and serving, which is good. But with this new business, now it's not just art, it's art and personal development. And yeah. so it's a little, it's not like just getting on YouTube and learning, just watching somebody do something. It's, mm-hmm. it's personal work as well as art skills. And it was, as I was making it, it was a little bit discouraging because it's like, well, there's like Skillshare and there's like so many things out there and, mm-hmm. but there wasn't anything exactly what I was doing. So it's like almost trying to reinvent the wheel, but people saying, don't do that. You should go where there's already a big, big group of people doing something. Mm-hmm. But I kind of felt like I'll just, I don't think I can ever run out of fun ideas of different kind of projects to do. Mm-hmm. So even if other things start to crop up and there are other people doing businesses like this, mm-hmm. I always will be able to think of more fun things to do mm-hmm. to, to art projects and things mm-hmm. to lead. And so kind of that following, following where, what lights you up? What can you, what could you do for a long time without getting tired of it? Mm-hmm. Such an important question. Um, and when, yeah, I asked a lot of all of us multi-passionate is like, that's an amazing idea. Could you do that for the rest of your life? And 98% of the ideas you can't, but that 2% that you could is where that magic flows because you are going to have to do so much of the same things over and over again. And it's okay if that changes over time. I think for most of us, you and I both have two separate businesses and we know the whys and we understand like, oh, there was a mental shift and the thing that made sense 10 years ago doesn't always make sense now. Um, And allowing yourself to move into that. I love just the fact that when you could and you figured out how and what that needed to be, not only do you have this other business and, you know, la-di-da-di-da, but like your body shifted, your mind shifted, you saw physical change because I think sometimes when we hold ourselves back in fear, our body suffers. And that definitely is a place we have to look and be honest with ourselves. Is is my current thing that's working actually making me anxious or depressed or my body's hurting? Um, and if so, is it shifts you need to make within that business or is it, is there something else that could allow yeah. for that freedom more? Um, and along the same lines of that, that um, we have, this is our business. Like mm-hmm. we get to make the choices and yes. with photography, I let the clients do all the driving. And so I was on like multiple shoots every week. One time I had, 
I think we had three weddings in one weekend and it and just oh. like just over like saying yes too much. Whereas when you're when you finally recognize I have the power to make to craft the life that I want to live. Yeah. I know I could do evening calls and eventually might if my membership grows big enough and I have enough people wanting an evening call. But right now I do it in the afternoon after we've gotten done what we need to do. It's mm-hmm. a good kind of rest time. The kids can do their thing and leave me to be on my call with my mm-hmm. ladies. And I'm structuring that life around the life that I want to live mm-hmm. and not being a victim to how I think other people need me to be. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Go back five seconds. Listen to that again. Yeah, don't structure your business. Yes, listen to your clients. There's a good in that. Um, and you can't be that creative that's like, well, I won't do that. That's not my artistic vision. <laughs> but also, you can because then you don't say yes to those gigs. Um, and I actually have a four-step process. I, I um, walk people through how to like basically make sure that the jobs you're bidding actually are the jobs you want to do as opposed to bidding jobs because they're there. Because all money is not good money, folks. Don't throw that <laughs> out there. It's not true. Okay, guys. So we have dived into so much fun things and I know we could talk about so much. For those of you that are curious about maybe building in that habit of creativity and are like, ooh, this community and this membership sounds like a place that I could really do that. I could spark that communal practice of being creative as opposed to being creative to make money. How can they find you? Where can they kind of check out what you do, the projects you do, et cetera, et cetera? I would love them to come um, over to my website, womencreateweekly.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a number of different kinds of free resources over the past two years. I've been blocking phone screens and creative kickstarts. Um, I mean, a, a lot of your listeners probably are already artistic to begin with mm-hmm. um, in some way, but some mindset work and artistic work. So lots of, lots of resources over there. They also can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I would love to, have them come over there and start a conversation. Yeah. And all the links are in the show notes. So you guys can know exactly where to find her. So thank you so much for sharing with our audience today and really just talking about your own journey of having this habit of creativity and really recognizing that you could build a business that wasn't driven by what everyone's telling you you need to do and not driven by fear and competition and that you were able to make some shifts that allowed you to build the business, build the life that you really wanted as opposed to always feeling like you needed to say yes. I know that for those of you listening, there's probably a lot that you want to chew on. If you have questions or if you are like, I want to figure out how to do this. I have this thriving on paper business, but I've hurt every single day. Definitely feel free to message either of us, but also head on over to the On Purpose Creatives group where we're always having fun conversations like that. And I will talk to you all soon. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I really appreciate you for being a part of the movement that this show is built upon which is liberating creatives and artists from their feast or famine cycle so that they become creatives who consistently make money doing what they love without the hustle, bustle, and burnout 
that has sadly become common for too many building creative businesses. You are amazing for going against the status quo and choosing to be a creative who is defined by thriving instead of how many things you have to do on your to-do list today. If you haven't joined the movement yet, simply review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and share your review on Instagram stories. By sharing and reviewing, you are helping way more creatives learn it is possible to make consistent money doing what you love without having to constantly hustle and struggle. Together, we can change the landscape of being a creative and build the world we want for generations of creatives to come. You are such a huge part of what we are doing here, and I'm so grateful for you. I will talk to you soon. 